Hey, Bus Bench Babes. We have a special episode this week. I have my friend Stephanie in town from Tampa. She was, she's like my Florida family. When I lived in Tampa and sold real estate, she and her mother and sister like took me in. Like I was just one of, one of the girls and she's in town visiting me in the middle of the tundra. And we're going to have an awesome real estate conversation about what it looks like growing up in the business and what Biden Florida looks like today. So let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Okay, Bus Bench Babes. Hey, we're like, I'm here with my friend Stephanie, and we're gonna have a really fun conversation. We each have a glass of wine. And so this is just gonna be a fun episode. We're gonna talk a little bit about everything, like what growing up in the business looked like and you know what the business was like. Birchie the kitty is in here too, hanging out with us. So Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Beth. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And Stephanie's never done a podcast before, so she's got a little (laughs) bit of a deer in a headlight look in her face. But Stephanie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a Florida native, born and raised in Tampa. I have lived there all my life, never anywhere else. Always sunny and warm. And so I decided when I saw the temperatures for this week, which this morning was negative 14, I would hop on a plane and come visit my friend Beth. Okay. Tell us about your personal life. Like, what do you do for fun? Like, what does life in Tampa look like? Life in Tampa is a lot different than um, (laughs) what I've seen so far here. And um, it's, you know, it's exciting. There's always stuff going on. Um, I live in downtown Tampa right now and I can walk anywhere I need to go. There are tons of restaurants and bars and um, nightlife, music, everything. So I love to listen to live music. I love to eat. And um, I have three grown daughters. They are scattered um, in Florida, all of them, but in different locations Um, in college. And one is a nurse and I see them as much as possible. But um, right now it's kind of all about me. Which it should be, damn it. It's about time. (laughs) Well, okay. So let's talk a little bit about your real estate business. You grew up in the business. Like talk about that, like what that looked like. Right. So I did. So I grew up with my um, mom and stepfather owning a company and um, they worked nights and weekends. And um, back in the day, you took floor time in an office. And Okay. Okay. We have a lot of young agents that okay, listen to this so podcast. Floor time. What is floor time? Floor You're going to have to spell it out. Right. So floor time is time that you commit to being in the office. So you stay in the office. Let's say it's a Saturday from you know 10 to 6. 
And anybody that stops by the office looking for houses or, you know, property, they saw a sign and then saw your sign out front, they step in, those are your clients. That's how you get started in the business back then. Okay. Newbie agents, people weren't looking on the internet because the internet didn't exist. Exactly. So they would say, I want to buy a house. I saw this real estate office down the street. Let's go there and talk to a real estate agent. So this was pre-cell phones, pre-internet. Yes. We did have pagers. And um, we did have... When you first got in the business, did you have pagers? We did. I did okay. have. But you would have to stop at like a pay phone and call the number, <laughs> call the number to get your message. Yes. So... <laughs> like, oh, who is, who is calling me right, right now? No idea. No idea who was calling. Um, but that's just, you know, how, how you did it. Yeah. Um, every week we had these huge, um, books that were black and white books that were delivered. And those were the MLS books with everything new that was on the market. So you didn't know what was coming on the market until Friday when you got the book delivered and then you had it for the weekend. And then everybody in the office had to like take turns looking at new listings. Oh yeah. And the book stayed in the office. You couldn't take it home. So if you (laughs) needed to look something up or wanted to show something, you would have to go to the office, look for that address in the book and then call the agent and see if you could show the property. And then what? You just photocopy the book for sure. info for when you would go meet your client at the property? You Yes. And and shortly after I started, um, the internet was there, but it was the dial-up internet and it was all just black and white print on the screen. So <laughs> there wasn't photos and no stuff, right? No photos, no. And you had the rolled paper in the printer. So it was just like, yeah. yeah. So you printed, you could print off the information. So you had that and then you could take it and give it to the client. Yeah. So, you know, if we have new agents listening to this podcast or, you know, anyone that even just remembers real estate from back in the day, real estate agents were the keepers of the information. They had all the information. Right. And it's not like nowadays where the buyer said, Hey, I want to three, I want to see one, two, three Elm street on Friday, make this happen. That's not how it was. Like your agent, your, you, you know, you had to probably do even more thorough consultations sure. with buyers, so you knew exactly what they're looking for because they couldn't even right. help. They couldn't you unless find they it. saw a sign on a piece of property. That was the only way they would know that something was for sale. Yeah. So you had the book. You knew what your buyers were looking for. So then you could look in that price range in the book right. and find anything new that might have come on the market. Yeah. So you probably even had to work harder than what we do now. Absolutely. I think you did. You were more hands-on too, you right. know, um, but you definitely were lots of research <laughs> and then you would have to map it because we didn't have Google maps then. So you would have to look at an actual map and find out where that house was. Okay. What were the name of the maps? I don't know if it was the same all across the country, but I I would carry a map in my yes, car. a map book. The, yeah. With all the streets and right. then God forbid they throw a new subdivision in there and you're right. screwed because it's not until in it's the, updated. Yeah. the map until next year. And right. you're like, oh crap, there's a neighborhood here now. Now what do I do? I can't even find it. Exactly. No, that's exactly terrifying. It was. it was terrifying. And you were sometimes late because you got lost because you couldn't follow the map. But <laughs> it's not like it's that much today. Like you're directionally challenged right? and you couldn't follow exactly. the map. It's not saying turn left, turn right. You're exactly. like, you were screwed back in the you day. Screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What was it like growing up in a business where you're, you worked with family every single day in and day out? So, it, you know, it how old be, were you? I, well, I was 21 Okay. when I was licensed, um, actually 20 and then 21 when I went into it full time back then, okay. um, I was working, um, for a bank in the lending department, which came in handy later. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, was young, was, um, ready to, to do something different instead of, 
being at work the same time every day, taking my lunch same time every day and vacations when they told me and things like that. So I was ready to be on my own and ready to, to dive into the business, which I did stay away from for several years. Um, and, and it was, it was fine. I mean, I wasn't living with them at the time, so I could go in and see my mom and it was fine. I could, Mm -hmm. um, you know, be around them and that was good. But, um, you know, before that, you know, when I was young, when I was in high school and in middle school, you know, my mom's gone a lot. So mm-hmm. she was in the business. She was working every weekend. They were making their business work. And, and you had a younger sister. I had a younger sister. Um, but I remember so many times sitting on my mom's bed, just listening to her on the phone. And, you know, she would get calls at all kinds of times of night and weekends. And the thing that just kind of stuck with me with her was that everything was very um, personal. Everything was very customer service oriented. She called people back on time. She, you know, got them the information they needed. She cared about, you know, what was going on in their mm-hmm. life and, you know, why they needed to either sell or to buy or, or whatever. And I think that information was um, invaluable for me because she taught me how to be a person in this industry and not right. just, you know, that's a number or, you know, being irritated that somebody, you know, couldn't is buy calling you during or dinner is or calling something. you during dinner or whatever, yeah. but that part, it was just part of our life really. Mm-hmm. And, and so it became part of my life that, you know, you just right. answered the phone and you returned your call and you returned your text and, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just how I've always operated. Well, I remember, so I moved to Tampa and I was, inter- we talked about this this week when you've been here is that I was introduced to someone that had some sort of affiliation with our office. And I can't remember why. I think she ran a different office than the one that was closest to where I lived. And so I went up and interviewed and she's like, gosh, you would be so good in real estate. And I said, well, you know, I have an interior design degree and I've always wanted to get into real estate, but I don't even know what it looks like. So she and I grabbed coffee and then I went to the office where you and your mom and sister worked at the time. Um, and I got my license and I was like, well, now what? Like I was terrified, but you guys like took me under your wing. You're like, come on, like, this is what this looks like and you'll be fine. And we'll figure this out. And I never like got super great traction as an agent there. And I think my mindset at the time was, well, I'm not from here. So, so it was hard to yeah, establish clientele, which right? was absolutely a mindset thing. It didn't right, really have exactly. anything to do with anything. Cause any client that I did work with, right. I had a great relationship right. with, and it was an awesome transaction, right. but that was just, my emotional immaturity at the time. But I just remember like how much fun we had at the office. We had so much fun. Like laughing. Our boss would be like, all right, Right. like get back to work, (laughs) go out and sell some houses. And we're like, we're all selling houses. We're good. We are. We would be multitasking. We were, you know, sending out postcards and, and putting that together and, and still laughing and eating lunch and doing everything. So it was a, it was a great time to be in real estate Mm -hmm. too. Um, That was in the nineties. It was. And I was going to say, you know, interest rates were so much higher then. And, and you, you know, it was so funny. I remember, um, starting the business and they were like 8%. If we saw 8% now, that would be insane. Yeah. But it, you know, you afforded less, which we sold the houses, mm-hmm. you know, weren't as expensive. Um, but it's it just all evolves and it's, it's, you know, all relevant and everybody that's, you know, buying today and, 
and thinking, no, I can't afford this or I can't afford that. Everybody was doing the same thing back then and with double the interest rates. Well, and people were doing it when rates, let's be honest, like great when rates were 13, 14, 17%, right. people were still buying houses. Right. But you and I were like in elementary school then. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. That's never been my experience. But I think I, I yeah, think the absolutely. first house I bought, my interest rate was probably like 7%. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, my so, condo that I bought right, in Tampa, right. remember that cute little place? Yes. Adorable. Yes. I love that house. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you can afford so much more now and it, right. it makes it a little easier looking for things, right. you know, so that is true. Okay. You told me an awesome analogy this week and I like died laughing and I'm like, it's so true. All right. What'd you say? Okay. So when I was first in the business and we had the black and white books that were delivered, um, and we would look through them and look for houses and stuff. I remember the movie Indecent Proposal came out and With she Demi was Moore Demi Moore and, and Robert, Robert Redford yeah. and Woody Harrelson. Yeah. And Demi Moore was a realtor in California. Yeah. And so they showed a scene with her in the office and she pulled up on the computer and it showed a color picture of the house <laughs> that she wanted to go look at and all the information. And, and I was like, Oh, that's never going to happen. That's so far out. It's, you know, not even funny because at the time we weren't even really using computers to do anything. No. So it's amazing how far that's come just really in that short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was, you know, getting in the car and driving to the seller's house and presenting the offer and then driving it to the other realtor's house. So you could give them the offer and then they would have to get the buyer's <laughs> signature and then they would bring it back. If, you, if there were any changes, it took a week you yeah. know, to get that back, but it was all personal and hands-on and, mm -hmm. and everything, you know, now we're docu-signing and dot looping and, you know, you may never even see the other agent, the whole transaction. Well, and Offers were probably getting explained a lot more thoroughly at the time too. I'm sure. If you're in front of a client right. and you have a 10 page contract, well, contracts were short back then compared to what they are right. now, but I'm sure the average client was being educated more thoroughly than they are today. I'm sure they were. I'm sure yeah. they were because you were going through it and you know, right. you, you had that personal experience with them. Right. And then, you know, it was so exciting when the fax machines came along because <laughs> I that remember just, that when I was, when you and I were together, I was like, okay, <laughs> we had computers, we but did. you wouldn't email anything to anyone. I remember we could look at houses online no. and then I would print well, it there off. There was no way to really get that. No contract into the email. No, <laughs> you had to fax it somewhere. Well, and even sending the information about the houses, like right. I may have had email, but like the person on the other end right. didn't even have a computer at their exactly. house. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely. I had a computer when I lived in Tampa, but it didn't even do any good for me because there wasn't anyone else up here in Minnesota that even really had computers right. that used regularly. Right. So it's like, oh, I know one person with a computer. What am I going to send them an email every day? Right. <laughs> <It's> so stupid. <laughs> but it's it's changed so much and evolved so much, and right. it's it's exciting. But I think that um, it's a lot to stay on top of. You yeah. know, it's changing every single day. Yeah, and you have to get on board and you have to embrace what it is, even if you know it's not something that you're used to. Right. Well, and nowadays when people get into the business, they, they just literally look at me like I'm speaking Chinese. When you talk about books, houses used to be in books and nobody right. had emails and they're like fax machines. I don't even know what you're talking about and rotary phones and right. nobody had cell phones. No. Or if you had a cell phone, it didn't do any good because no one else, there was no one else to call. Right. Or exactly. people would make a call and then shut their phone down because they didn't want to use the battery. battery. <laughs> I'm like, this is so stupid. Yes. 
Well, okay. So what's real estate like for you now? You still work in a family business. It's just the dynamics have changed. The dynamics have changed. Um, now my sister is the broker and I work for her. Um, and your mom's still in the business. My mom is still in the business. Um, everybody is still relatively, you know, in close proximity. So, okay. you know, we're, our, our office is located in Land Lakes. I live downtown. Um, you know, my sister's very close to the office. My mom's probably, you know, 20 minutes away. Um, but it's, you know, the, that part of the camaraderie and, um, being in the office when I am in the office, which isn't often, but when mm-hmm. I am is, is nice. It's still nice to, to be there and do that. The business has changed a lot. Um, mostly I'm referral and repeat business. Mm-hmm. I, um, had a fantastic year. The market's fantastic down there. It's a lot of, you know, changeover people that have lived in their houses for 10, 15 years are now like, okay, now's the time. I'm sitting on a bucket of I'm cash. I'm sitting on a bucket of cash yeah. and I'm ready to go do something. And, and a lot of them are, you know, at that point where their kids are now off in college and mm-hmm. they're ready to downsize. And it's just, you know, it's, it's neat to see it all. It's neat to see from the beginning of them selling them that house mm-hmm. to them calling you and saying, Hey, I'm ready to do something else. Yeah. And then you get to help them go find something on the beach or, you know, something, you know, on the a golf course or, or right, exactly. And then see the new generations moving into the subdivisions and yeah. starting the whole thing again. Yeah. We, we see that in a lot of like the older established neighborhoods here, mm-hmm. you know, like the new construction neighborhoods, a lot of times it's all young families that move in at the same time, but the old neighborhoods, when you see it transition, when so like the elderly yeah. people start transitioning to assisted living mm-hmm. and then one by one, the young families move in. And I think that's a way to keep the old people in the neighborhood, like the, you know, the original OGs of the neighborhood young for a few more years when right. they have like littles in the neighborhood. Right. Um, and then just seeing that whole cycle happen. Right. And then when it's time for them to go, yeah. when it's time for the new blood to come in and mm-hmm. take over mm-hmm. and, you know, change things that might need to be changed or, you know, just start new traditions and yeah. things. So it's, it's really fun. cool to watch all of that go. I, I love all that. And it just, it, like you being here this week has been fun to like kind of walk down memory lane of like what life living in Tampa was. And I'm still kicking myself. I sold my condo in Tampa because it would have been the best little winter getaway. <laughs> yes. So stupid. Coulda, woulda, shoulda people. If you have awesome real estate, don't sell it. Sit on it and hold it. <laughs> buy and hold. Buy and hold. You have to sell. Damn. We got to keep it going. I don't know. That would have been a good place. That would have been a great place. Um, okay. What does real estate in Tampa look like these days? It's, it's, um, exciting. It's turning over like crazy. It's hard to find things. Um, so you have, you're having an inventory crisis there. Like we are here in Minnesota, huge inventory crisis. Yes. So if you find something, you know, it ends up having, you know, multiple offers way over asking price. I just sold a lot, um, just a vacant piece of property, an acre. And I had multiple offers within about two hours of putting it in MLS. It went about $20,000 over asking cash, no contingencies, no appraisal, no nothing. And that's just the way the market's been. That's the norm. That's the norm. Okay. So I know Florida is getting a huge influx of people from other parts of the country. Yes. Um, like all the feeder cities, like I know like New York, New Jersey are huge feeder cities to New York or to Florida. Um, you know, you know what I'm seeing the most 
in my experience yeah. and all of that is there. I think that what I've seen in my area is more of Georgia and Tennessee. Why? And Texas. I don't know why, because I expected Chicago and New York yeah. and, you know, places like that. Well, and that's what you hear when you read the reports. That's, Maybe that's other parts of Florida. Well, it is. And I think that the majority of the New Yorkers and the, you know, there's some, of course, that come into Tampa like that, but I think that's more Fort Lauderdale and Miami. So more mm-hmm. South. Florida okay. than central Florida. Okay. And then it's funny because I own property in like Northern central Florida and all of the people that are selling in Miami and Fort Lauderdale to the people coming from New York are buying in Northern central Florida. So just cause they want to get out of the rat they race, get out of the rat race yeah. and they want some space and they want, you know, to, to be in a place where there's not, you know, a thousand people waiting to eat dinner. Right. So it's, it's funny to see it not only affects the big cities, it affects the small towns because they're yeah. all moving there. Well, so that's interesting. So people are moving from other parts of the country into the big cities. And then people within Florida are selling those houses and moving to more rural Florida yes. is kind of what you're Absolutely. seeing. Absolutely. That's exactly what's happening. Wow. So the price point is good for everyone. Right. And that's, that's kind of the nice thing about it. Yeah. So when I lived in Tampa, downtown Tampa was the department of commerce. When we moved there (laughs) said, I said, Oh, I would love to like live in downtown Tampa. So when I moved to Tampa, it was a corporate move with my boyfriend's company at the time. And the department of commerce took us around to sort of like wine and dine us and schmooze us on Tampa. And I said, oh, yay. I'm like, I'd love to live downtown. And the lady was like, uh, no, uh, no, we have a county jail in downtown. So most people don't live here. It's kind of like a nine to five Monday through Friday. And then it's sort of a ghost town on the weekends. And now you're telling me like, oh, it's completely changed. It's night and day. It's night and day. So for me, I've never lived downtown or, or in the city. I lived, you know, in the suburbs and it's been incredible. There are people all the time that are out you know, walking, we have a huge river walk, um, restaurants and bars and everyone's walking everywhere and outside and, oh, we've we've got the lightning and they won the Stanley cup this year. We've got the bucks who won the super bowl. Um, we've got the rays and they were in the world series. So, I mean, we've got a lot of things that are going on down there and, um, a lot of housing, a lot of new high rise, you know, apartments and Mm -hmm. condos and things. High density stuff. yeah, Yeah. They're sold out. I mean, there's, very, very, very few things available in downtown that you can move in and live downtown. So is it mainly rental or purchase or a combination of both? It's a combination of both. I would say, I would say probably 50, 50. Okay. And just the city is incredible now. They, you can walk anytime, you know, and day like, or night. you feel safe. I feel safe. Okay. I, That's I, awesome. yeah, I never feel, you know, worried or anything. You know, there's a lot of security there's in the buildings and stuff like that. So you're never worried about that. Um, but even walking down the street, going to, you know, a restaurant and walking home, I'm, I'm never feel vulnerable or, um, in harm's way ever. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you seeing? Like in my perfect world, we've talked about this this week. I'm kind of like, I could have, would have should on this too. I I would love to own a house like in St. Pete and not even on the water. Like I don't even need water, like walkability to the water or golf cart or bike ride to the water. Like, what are you seeing like in the Clearwater and Tarpon Springs and and St. Pete, like along when you cross over the causeway from Tampa into those water towns, like 
what are you seeing over there? Like how, what are the market doing there? Is it just. So the market's on fire everywhere. Yeah. And I don't spend a lot of time selling in those areas, but I'll tell you the St. Pete area is incredible and they have, you know, re done that whole area. They have so many restaurants and bars and um, the pier is there now. It's new. Um, Like lifestyle type thing. Oh, definitely. And it's, you know, incredible. Okay. Again, finding the inventory though, finding a place to live over there isn't easy. Yeah. And the same thing on the beach and they've gone in and redone all of the hotels and stuff now. So they're all apartments or condos. So, or the majority of them. Yeah. So you can go in and you can buy something on the beach. You know, it's a, it's a one bedroom, one bath and it's 650 square feet, mm-hmm. but you can buy it now as opposed to it being a hotel or okay. a rental. That's really kind of smart on the developers parts where they can fix them up a little bit and then make yes. some serious bucks on them. Right. Wow. Do you remember back in the day when condos in Clearwater were like 30 to $40,000 furnished? Right, and those days are long <laughs> gone. Those places nowadays are pro- would probably be they're like, five fifty. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Thousand and up. A little studio would a probably be studio, like three or right, four hundred, or right. not e- probably even more than that. More than that, yeah. And it's then insane. you know you have condo fees. So on top of yeah. the five fifty or six hundred thousand that you're paying, you have you know a thousand dollars a month in condo fees. Wow. So it's it's pricey. There's no question about it. It's now, if you get further north, so you get into the Tarpon Springs and Palm Harbor and Newport Ritchie into that area, mm-hmm. it it's a little more affordable. Um, but you know, there everybody has has started trending with the the little town squares again. So mm-hmm. in Newport Ritchie, you have a main street, and it has rooftop bars and restaurants, and it's you know very well lit, and that's just what's happening. So I think that slowly you'll see all of the older houses are completely being remodeled, and it's it's going to be good, I think, for everybody. Yeah. So I just. At some point, it's going to continue like creeping north and Absolutely. north and north yeah. up the Gulf, yep. isn't it? Exactly. Until it meets up with Destin and they're like, exactly. we're done. <laughs> yep. We're out of waterfront property. <laughs> yes, definitely. <sighs> What's your favorite part about being in real estate? I think, honestly, my favorite part, I meet so many new people and I love um, just getting to know different lifestyles and, and where people are coming from and, mm-hmm. and what they've experienced and things like that. That's my favorite part. I I really do enjoy meeting new people. That's awesome. That's probably one of my favorite parts too. Just making that connection. Mm -hmm. It just gives you a whole different view in life, you know, where people are from and what they've experienced and what they've done and where they're coming from and why. Right. So it's good. You do form friendships that last forever. I have a roommate right now that I sold a house to 10 years ago and she just became a great friend and I've sold her two houses since then. But, you know, you do. You form friendships and relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's really nice. That's awesome. What's your biggest advice to a new agent getting in the business right now? With, you know, we've been through the war in the real right. estate world. Like, what, what would you say a new age, to a new agent? I would say um, prepare. You know, prepare for the times that it's not going to be fantastic. You know, get your, your routine set when it gets really busy and really crazy. And and I'm very bad about this when it's, when I'm busy and I'm crazy, I don't put forth the effort in 
my follow-ups and, you know, my social media Mm -hmm. and things like that. And then it comes to a time where it's really slow and I'm like, oh, I should have been doing that all along. Now I got to start it now. So I would say just be consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, I think consistency is huge in this business. So if you can, you can't control a lot, but if you can control your part and what you do and how often you do it mm-hmm. and stay in contact with those people that you've been selling to, that's the biggest thing. Which is so weird that you just said the word consistency. So like the universe keeps bringing that word to me. And so my coach and I talked about that on Monday this week. And I said, my word for 2022 is consistency. I love it. I love that. Because I know what I should be doing. And then there's days where I'm like, I'm just too busy. I'm too busy doing stuff that's not income producing activities as an agent. Right. Like we know what you should be doing versus what you probably should not be doing. Right. And He's just like, yeah, I feel like we had a light bulb moment here. So like literally consistency is my word this year. Well, and you know, in the world that we're living in right now where there's so much inconsistency, yeah. if you can give yourself a little bit of consistency, I yeah. think it helps a lot. Yeah. In every area of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, Steph. So where do you see your business like five years from now? Where do you see your personal business trending? My personal business. So I feel like I'm at a point right now where I need to get on board with social media and mm-hmm. with um, creating, you know, a presence really in mm-hmm. the industry because it's changing. Mm-hmm. And and what has worked in the past is not going to work in the future. And yes. I know that. We keep saying this on this podcast every, all know. the time. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, you know it. And yeah. it's it's something that I need to just go ahead and dive in. Yeah. So that's that's going to be my goal for 2022 is to to really dive into to the current market. I would love to create an environment that I could have a team where I could bring on my daughters if they mm-hmm. chose to do it. I have one that is interested in the real estate world, and I would love to be able to teach her how to do it correctly and current right now. Yeah. And instead of teaching her the stuff that I've known my whole life, I need to, to embrace what's coming and, and she needs to know what's coming. And I think to, to create an environment that she could do that. And if the other two decided they wanted to do that someday, that they would have a place to go and a place to do that. And, and it would be based on, customer service based on integrity and character and, and a personal relationship Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, just a, another number. I don't, I don't care how much social media is involved and technology. I think at the end of the day, that's still our key components to being successful in this business. I agree. And, you know, you, you see all of the, the things about different companies and, and it going, to a place where, where realtors aren't needed anymore. And I don't see that happening in my experience. And with the people that I know and the people that I have formed relationships with, they want a person. Mm -hmm. They don't want a computer. They don't Mm -hmm. want a website. They want to talk to a person. They want to be able to go to somebody when something goes wrong and say, Hey, can you help me with this? Right. And, and I want to be there to say, absolutely here, let's find an answer and find the answer for Mm -hmm. them. I love that. Well, so it sounds like leaving a legacy is important to you. I would like that. And I, yeah. I wasn't sure that I would. I didn't know that that real estate would be a business that I would want my girls in, mm-hmm. involved in and, and selling. And, and it's, you know, a volatile market usually. Right now we're good. Mm-hmm. But, but you never know. And 
and I guess that now I'm seeing the trends where you can, you know, have something a little more consistent. Mm -hmm. And I would love for them if they chose to be in the business to have that and not have to worry or wonder. Well, and it's, I think that real estate gives you a lot of freedom. Gives you incredible. I I was able to be at every school event. I was able to take them to the doctor when they needed to go. I was able to do all the things that I wanted to do if I had been a stay at home mom, Mm -hmm. but still have my own world and create and an income, a great living. Right. Yeah. And, and have the best really of both worlds. Yeah. I, anytime I had a summer intern intern this last year and she's a, a freshman in college. And I don't know that her parents were completely convinced that real estate would be a good route for her. And I said, where else can you go where you can make six figures and way beyond where you can still be at every dance recital. You can be at every school program. You can be a room mom for the kindergarten class. And then you just use that as your networking platform. You just start networking with all the other kindergarten moms. Exactly. They're all like families growing. They're just going to buy a bigger house. Right. You just have to network where you're at. Exactly. And you know, you can't, you can't do that if you're working in an office. No, you can't. And, and for me, it was important. It was important for me to be, you know, there when they got home from school, our biggest talks were the second they walked in the door, we would sit down, they would get a snack and they would talk about their day and what they had done and who said what and all of that. And for me, that was important to know, you know, where they were in their life, what was going on in their head, you know, what they were doing Mm -hmm. every day and who they were doing it with. That for me was priceless. I love that. So where do you see the trend of real estate going in the Tampa market? Wow. Like building, is it just keep, is it like here where it just keeps expanding further north it and further expa- south yes. and further keep, west and it east? Does. And, That's well, exactly west, you'd go into the ocean, east. And it's funny because, you know, you can almost see it now. You can almost see where it's heading mm-hmm. and where the next trending place is going to be. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of cool because you see neighborhoods that, you know, probably do need a really good overhaul. And you can see that that's where it's headed and people will be buying those houses and they'll be, you know, fixing them up and, and living in them for the most part, mm-hmm. because that's, you know, what they can afford at the time. And it's, it's exciting. I think it, again, it starts that just like a subdivision, you know, it just, it's a, a leaf turning over. It's a whole new generation coming in and, and a whole new way of life. Well, I feel like I need to get my butt down to Tampa and see like everything new. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. It's been like five or six years. It's been way too long. Last time I was there, I was driving around going, Oh my God, I'm like, I don't even know where anything is anymore. It's changed so much. It has changed so much, but, but you should, and there will always be a place for you anytime you want to come. Yay. Yay. Well, this was a super fun episode. Thank well, you for thank being you for here. Me. This was great. I appreciate it. Well, good. I'm glad we, hopefully we broke you in gently to your first podcast <laughs> we'll episode. <see. laughs> well, Bus Bench Babes, thanks for being here. And thanks for joining us conversation with Stephanie and I, where she talks about growing up in the business, what that looked like, what the Tampa real estate market's like, and how she just really wants to leave a legacy and hopefully like lure her lovely daughters into the business with her. So until next time, Bus Bench Babes, keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babes that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com 
for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.